Hello and welcome to Getting Into It, a podcast for anyone looking to start, change or just learn about careers. And with me today, I have brand photographer, Megan Clare. Hello. Hello, Megan. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for, for joining us today. So, so we're going to be talking to you about your work with photography, but as well sort of speaking to what it's like to run your own business and sort of the ups and downs that come with that. But before we get there, um, I want you to talk to me about your very first job, as is tradition on this show. So what was your first job? Hit me with some of the the ups and downs of it. Oh, first proper job was working at Starbucks at the age of 16 to 18. Yeah, I mean, it was good. I really loved and enjoyed making coffee. Um, and everything that came with it and chatting to people however working in retail is well kind of in that service industry it um, was really tough um, because of school and being young and people thinking that you're incapable of doing stuff because you're young Mm. but I really enjoyed it Um, so so sorry was that was that was that from uh, people who came into the shop or is that people you're working with both Mm people thinking you're incompetent because you look young but just serve with a smile um and you'll get very far (laughs) and be kind to everyone and it makes a difference so and just being like willing to learn I think the attitude I took to it was that I wanted to just get into a job and learn how to work before rather than actually oh my gosh I need money right now because you know I just wanted to learn to get into the industry and learn more about working and what that means and what it takes and my abilities, really. So in which case, were you, were you looking at a few different places rather than just Starbucks? Or was it kind of, oh, there's a job going, that's, you know, I'll, I'll just go straight into that? Yeah, um, one of my friends who was a couple of years older was leaving for university and she recommended me. It was the only place I applied. And mm. the, the manager actually didn't like me on my interview. I did not interview well, apparently. Why? Why is that? Did you? Was it a question you answered, or was it just a? I don't know. She just didn't like me. The vibe, apparently, it just wasn't there. But then mm. she gave me a chance because I was recommended and put me on a trial shift and saw my work ethic and really loved it. And voila, I got the job. So yeah, I'm a hard worker, which kind of showed. No, and I can, I can imagine, especially because. Because kind of going back to the point you were making before about how, you know, people see that you're young and assume, therefore, that you don't know anything or that you can't do anything or, you know, so on and so on. Yeah. Um, what, is, what, did you, what did you find was the, the best way to try and prove that that wasn't the case? Or did you kind of just let that stereotype or let people think that stereotype and you just did your own thing and it kind of kind of ignored them? Um, yeah, I just kind of ignored it and just kept working hard and... It was always the saying, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. Oh, wow. So uh, <laughs> um, I just <laughs> got into the habit of if I was, if there wasn't anything to do, I would clean and do something rather than and actually just like not waste my time while I was there because I was being paid to be there, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was only there eight to 12 hours a week. So it wasn't like the other workers who were there all the time full time and want were there like getting tired because obviously they were there five days six days a week you yeah. know did you ever find that you didn't properly fit in because you weren't a, a full-timer like those other staff members not that I didn't fit in I just didn't spend loads of time with them they were much closer um mm. but 
I wasn't that bothered because I was still at college and studying and hanging out with other friends. And sure. It was good. It was a good thing to do. I think it kept me busy um, during college days. Definitely. And we'll, and we'll talk more about your, your college experience later. But before that, uh, you know, something that, that may not necessarily be a particularly apparent uh, in your accent, especially, but you are actually born and raised <laughs> in South Africa. Yes, I am. Well, I was. Where, where, yeah. <laughs> where, whereabouts? So I was born in Johannesburg in 1997 um, mm-hmm. and lived there until I was nearly six years old. But we lived in, so I was born in Joburg, moved to Durban for, for a few years, maybe three or four years. And my dad then got another job in Johannesburg. And we always knew that if he got another job in Johannesburg, then we would move to the UK as he had an English passport as well as his South African. So when he got that new job, we decided to go back to Joburg for six months and then up and leave and come to the UK. And we did that April 2003. We moved to the UK. We moved to Basingstoke. And so and so with your you know experiences of living, obviously, you know, as a young child, but I know for a fact that you, you've been back to visit many, many times yeah. since then. Um, what do you what do you see as sort of the main differences, i.e., you know, like culturally or in terms of when you're physically there? What are, what are some of the main differences about living in the UK versus living in South Africa? Safety is the biggest one. Your houses in general, um, you would have a big fence and wall and gate around your house in South Africa here it's very uncommon um, unless you're quite rich you don't really have gates around your house you probably have a hedge or Mm. um, a driveway Um, it's very safe here um, which is another reason why we moved so that my brother and I so I've got an older brother we could move we could actually just play in the street and not have to worry about anything it wasn't like I don't know it was more like burglaries and but they're quite violent crimes sadly but Mm. other than that I think culturally South Africa is very very community driven everyone is there for the community and you just rock up at each other's houses and have food and like you're always welcome Um, whereas here the culture is you don't really go to each other's houses it's more that you meet in a public place and mm. we've had instances where we would say to a friend on the phone, we'll be like, oh, we'll come over just now to your house while we're living in the UK um, to say like, to come for a cup of tea. Um, but in South Africa, just now means in a few hours. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, in the UK, <laughs> just now is now, right? Yeah. Um, so this, this family friend quickly hurried in 20 minutes to like, clean the whole house and we didn't turn up and until then you like there for hours, hours oh, later. Gosh. so do you, do you know do you know where that comes from or what you know what that is oh, it's just culturally so if you want if you're meeting someone now now like right now you either say oh, i'll see you now now or i'll see you right now see you in a bit um but if you're seeing someone at some point later in the afternoon in the uk we'd say see you later or see you this afternoon then it would the people would say see you just now right I, I mean i can imagine that probably got you know it gets quite confusing uh but <laughs> but, but so going back so you, so you specifically mentioned uh community as something that was a really really strong point yeah. uh or as uh, something that's really visible in south african culture and that you said it's specifically something that is not there in the uk which is something i would largely agree with i think english people especially in the south of england are generally quite 
cold, especially compared to other other cultures, yeah. either in different countries or you know compare it with the north of England, for example. Yeah. Um, but but obviously, you know, you're going in 2003, so you were a six year old when you moved. Yeah. How did you find that kind of lack of community uh, when you were at school, when you were trying to make friends, first moving over? How did that affect you? I think my parents were so overtly South African that people just kind of went rolled with the punches and just came over and like kind of learnt our culture. Mm. Um, we also have a lot of South African friends here. In the south of England, there's so many South Africans. And we moved to Basingstoke because some of our South African friends who we used to live near in Durban, um, they had moved here like four or five years prior to mm. us. Um, and so we lived with them for a couple of weeks when we first moved to the UK. But started dancing at the age of three. So while I was still in South Africa, mm. um, and it was the first thing I did when I came back here or came here was to start dancing and join a dance school to meet friends really meet people mm. also for my mum to meet people ah of course okay so yeah so my brother and I would do after school curricular things because it meant that it made it easier for my mum to make friends um while she looked for a job yeah that's interesting I guess I hadn't thought about it from that point of yeah. view of, of having um parents who have also emigrated with their kids and using their fr- using their children, you know, sorry, not necessarily using <laughs> no, them in a negative yeah, way, but but but, way. but 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 having having their children kind of kind of function as a bit of a uh, a social lubricant in a yeah. way, you know, helping to to generate some of those opportunities. Yeah. Um, well, they wouldn't move move somewhere else now because they don't have those opportunities to just naturally meet people. Well, your mum wouldn't take you to a dance class now. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, okay, so so thinking back to to when you're a little bit younger, you first moved to the UK. You know, you sort of made your way through through primary school. Um, how 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 would you say you found school? What was your general experience in the secondary education system, sort of more specifically? So as you're a teenager to to the to your to eighteen, going to a small school was really good. Actually, I really enjoyed it, even though I didn't particularly always get on with everyone and not that mm. I didn't get on with everyone but it just forced us to get on and like learn to tolerate each other I guess yeah um but it also created bonds which was great but I don't know I really enjoyed learning to be honest I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to those things <laughs> so do you, is that le- is that learning across the board like is it just the actual process of learning or were there subjects that you found yourself leaning towards naturally because of your interests process of learning if it was logical so I really enjoyed maths and science and even but randomly I enjoyed art but I hated English I think that's also because I struggled to read because mm. of my late coming to the school so I wasn't confident in reading yeah no I really enjoyed just just learning really doing research and I loved history, remembering facts and statistics. So, yeah, I like research really. And do, and do you think like some of those? I mean, do you, do you feel that you're able to use some of those those skills in researching, or at least that interest in research in your work now? Yes, I do. I use it for every single shoot that I go on. Um, I have to research, and I enjoy researching. So I'll do like a scout location. So I'll go and scout, look at a location, see if it's good for a shoot, and what I'm looking for um or I will 
do some research and for inspiration what kind of photos I want to take and the styles and the colors and what they should wear and then all that kind of stuff and maybe artists as well who might inspire me for the style that my client might want um so it's very fun and educational even now Mm. and it sounds like that's something because because you say it's an approach you have to take to every single shoot yeah. it sounds like you can't really uh necessarily get complacent or it's ever a situation where it's like oh okay well i've kind of ticked that box indefinitely it sounds like it's yeah. where it's constantly evolving and you have to keep making sure that you're bringing a fresh idea or a fresh approach to it yeah and i think being relatively new to the business um i really want to make sure my clients are getting the best of my abilities and so I put in that extra effort and um which I think will get easier with time because I'll know what I want to do but um it allows for creativity to flow and spark off in different ways and see what happens Mm. you know yeah and so um so so can you sorry can you just explain to people because I said earlier that you are a brand photographer, but to a lot of people, you know, they might have an idea of what that means. But can you sort of explain specifically as to what your market or what your services specifically provide? Yes. Yeah, so brand photography, so personal branding photography has um, is a pretty new genre of photography. It includes photos for people's social media, for their websites. It, it includes product photography, headshots, portraits, creative shoots, um, just creating content, really, marketing material, PR material, you know, for people to promote their businesses and their brand and their story. Um, mm. So I use imagery, images to help portray people's stories how it started what they do why they do what they do and pick out elements that are key to telling the story and we make sure that that is all fitted into the images so that an image says a thousand words right that's the classic saying and so we're actually creating those words through visual identity and consistency for people's brands and businesses interesting okay so so would would you be able to give an example of the kind of things that you would use to try and illustrate a greater story because you know and I've I've done a little bit of work with you on uh, sort of explaining this side of your business as well Um, so so what is it that specifically that you would use to try and get these stories because people bring so much especially if they are an independent business owner yeah you know they are their business and that's a really important point in in your work as well so how do you actually demonstrate that to people who have no idea who these people are or what the company is Okay, so let me give you an example. I worked with a client, well, two lovely ladies. They're also from South Africa, and they moved here to um, and wanted to start an, an interior design company. Um, mm-hmm. But they are friends first, and they were having coffee at a coffee shop, dreaming and chatting about their dreams and what they wanted to do and accomplish, and they decided, let's do it. Why not? Let's do a, like, become interior designers and do the studies that we need and start this business and so for the shoot that we did for their website we hired out a coffee shop and placed Mm. a setting it wasn't the coffee shop that they decided they wanted to do it but it represented that space um, as well as bringing mugs of their own that they use that are very African to show that African side Um, and then props of what they would use on their everyday to 
help plan an interior design project and all the different details and then we tried to capture their personalities through different outfits and colors and um posing and um so they're very joy one of them was very joyful the other one was very like happy and but very peaceful so one's loud and one's quiet and so they were very opposite but also meshed very well so they came up with a word of yin and yang that they what that would describe them um mm. and at this coffee shop it just happened to be that the walls were in block colors where the d- bottom half of the wall is dark gray and the top was white ah. so having that next to them as well really just enhanced their personalities their story where where the whole business started um and yeah so that's one example of how you would use settings, location, people, outfits, props. Okay, so that's that's because that's interesting. Because obviously within that, you you've spoken about a lot of things. It's about recognizing and explaining what the company and the product is. It's about yeah. still ensuring that you capture some of their personality and, like you say specifically, you know, focusing on sort of encapsulating their dynamic a little bit and being yeah. able to use the actual physical space around them. Um, yeah no so that's that's really interesting and you um when you were describing that you said we who who is we in this scenario who who do you have with you helping out on these kinds of days um it's actually it's just me but we as a team Mm. for me and the client we work together so Ah, it's always a conversation with my clients that I will come with ideas but it's ultimately up to them what they want to tell what story they want to tell whether it's authentic or not. Um, I always aim for authenticity. That's mm-hmm. my USP, my unique selling point, that I try and bring people's authenticity out of them. But if they choose not to, then that's their derogative. Is that the word? Prerogative, um, yeah, yeah. Prerogative, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so it's just I work alongside my clients i work with them that's why i say the word we yeah so okay so but so so going back to that point you just made about you're trying to bring out their authenticity and and sometimes they choose not to um Mm. obviously and we've spoken about this in the past if you have people who aren't used to being photographed because if people look at your your stuff and and you can and i'll give you i'll I'll give you a chance to plug as well at the end um, but if you look at (laughs) claire photography on instagram you'll be able to see some of the some of the actual um photos that are coming out of these shoots and a lot yeah. of them are headshots, like you would expect to see from a performer, you know, singer, dancer, actor. But this might be quite an unusual thing for, say, uh, an accountant or a creative director. So how do you make those people who may feel nervous comfortable enough that they can actually be authentic? Um, talk about what they're nervous about. Um, I try and get that out of them beforehand because mm. it's good for me to know so that I can then encourage them to not feel that way. So um ends up being me chatting to them asking them questions while while I'm taking photos so we're just having conversation really and my secret should I tell you my secret that's, uh, that's, that's, that's up to you I can't I can't force it to you <laughs> um well everyone does this really but I, <laughs> I love I love the natural laughter so uh, when they feel really uncomfortable I tell them to do an uncomfortable laugh a, a fake laugh because then they naturally laugh afterwards and then you capture those moments where they are showing those little moments of themselves they those genuine um 
smiles and everything so rather than posed faces or um really contrived faces you know just because they're nervous like you just suddenly clench up your jaw and tense all your muscles I get them to like put music on and we just have a little dance a little shake Mm. just to get off all the nerves and just have a conversation really Excellent. No, and uh, no. I mean, that 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 sounds fantastic, and that sounds like a really good way to try and bring people out of their shells a little bit more, and uh, you know, make them feel a bit more confident in that situation because that is ultimately yeah. normally something that you are also trying to capture because you want to make them look like capable business people who you know people yeah. looking at that ad would would take a look at them and be like, yes, I would, I would like your services. Um, yeah. But but obviously, you know, when when people think about photography or photographers, they might not necessarily jump straight to uh, personal brand photography. So how did you sort of get to that point? Talk to me a little bit through about your training process in terms of photography. Do you want me to go back to college? Uh, To college, to uni, wherever, wherever it starts for you. I did art at GCSE and I couldn't paint to save my life. (laughs) and I love being creative so I knew I want to do something creative at college so I decided to just go into doing photography Mm. um and I absolutely loved it to the point that I was like the class um geek that would always put their hand up and the teacher would give me a task and I'd do it that night and come back the next day and he literally had to tell me to take a week to do the task that he gave me (laughs) (laughs) just because I enjoyed it so much yeah so I did really well in it and I didn't know what to do at university after my two years at college I could have done math that was my like one option but then decided to do something I would enjoy for three years and enjoy the experience of So then I decided to do photography at Falmouth University and got in there down in Cornwall, um, which is the number one arts university in the UK at that time. Oh, Um, nice. Nice little little self-plug. Love to see it. Yes, of course. Um, um, And I actually went to the course not knowing anything on the course, but the first um, term, which was all to be analog so black and white film where you had to hand develop each roll of film so back in the olden days they would use rolls of film and you could it was all very physical and you'd have 36 images on a roll um so we had to use those kind of cameras and had to then develop the film and you with all the chemicals and washing and everything all by ourselves by hand Mm. which was amazing Um, because then you got to appreciate the actual art of photography however when it came to second year I kind of fell out of love with it because I was obviously forced to be creative 24-7 um and I had done psychology and maths at university at college um which helped balance the whole creativity and the logistical side of my brains yeah um and so I just kind of gave up a bit and didn't want to do, actually didn't want to do photography as a job afterwards. What was, why, why was that? What was, what was going through your head at the time? Um, well, I didn't want to be a photographer because I didn't really, I didn't believe in my own skill and my own talent and my eye for photography. I was very traditional and classical with my, what I took photos of. 
Um, so sorry when you when you say when you say traditional classical in terms of your the actual you know yeah. the subject of your photos what what is a, a classic you know thing to to take photos of so on my course it was technically fine art photography so if you think of fine art as a as a subject it's very abstract right um, sure. but with photography everyone on my course was being very abstract with their photos so mm. some wouldn't actually some would just use a printer and the light from the printer would technically be a photograph that would be printing on photographic paper because the word photography means drawing with light so mm. anything that classed as drawing with light is technically a photograph oh, and so okay. yeah <laughs> yeah go technical there for you no 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 this is this is great i i had no idea this is excellent <laughs> and so i didn't really think in those really abstract terms quite straightforward so if i was taking photos of what did i do in third year third year i did a project on walking so i take photos of my surroundings while i was on a walk but some of my tutors are like you should try photograph the movement of that walk so swing your camera around while you're taking a photo to capture capture that movement and came out with interesting things it just wasn't what I envisioned um mm. I clashed a bit with my tutors because they wanted me to go more fine art but I was quite I liked photographing people and have a purpose for the photograph you know mm. and I think that's what I realized at university which is really important and crucial to my business model in the fact that why I started doing personal branding photography is because each image has a purpose. It's to help promote someone's business, it's to help them get more clients and get more money and income to be able to live and be more successful if that's how you cast success, yeah. you know? There's a, there's a specific reason for that photograph to exist. Exactly, it's to mm. tell their story. And I didn't realise that until after maybe a year after, you know, a year and a half after university. So mm. after university... I then was definite on not doing photography. So, so what did you what did you do in the meantime? So, I decided to have like a six month gap year post uni. Um, mm. So, the summer after uni, I went did a bit of travelling with the family, then graduation, and went on holiday on my own, and then birthday, and then I went to South Africa for two months to volunteer at a charity that. At our friends from South Africa founded and I ended up doing a lot of creative things there. What's the what's the charity sorry or what do they do? Um, they cover a lot of things it started off as an orphanage in the center of Durban or Durban North area so they have a little orphanage a little house with orphans and then they've also got a rehab center they've got a food for school kids program so every single day they make sandwiches for I don't know, 1,500, no, more than that, like 5,000 children oh, wow. all in the township. So, yeah, so like thousands and thousands of peanut butter sandwiches or egg mayo sandwiches or whatever mm. they are every single day and they have deliveries. Um, but there was someone in the office that hired just a space in the office who was a family friend and she had a fashion company and she was doing a fashion shoot and she knew I was interested in photography. So she asked if I wanted to come and assist the photographer um and I thought why not I'll go and be in that space amazing and what is sorry would you be able to very briefly explain to me what that actually means to assist the photographer like what are you actually going to be doing in that in that situation 
So most photographers on, especially on fashion shoots or creative shoots, they would have a few, at least one or two assistants. And assistants would help move equipment, um, hold lights, hold weights that hold down the lights, hold, so like big flashes, those are what mm. the lights are. Um, also these boards called reflectors that are normally like these big white boards that will help direct sunlight and light to shine on the models in mm. the right places. So I was the second assistant. There was another assistant there who kept control of the computer and would check each photo as to whether it was sharp enough and lighting was good enough and all those things. And I just stood there holding a light um, <laughs> right in front of the model's faces. Um, <laughs> which is which is also, I mean, a very important job. If, you're, if your photo isn't lit correctly, then it's, you know, it's not going to look good. Exactly, exactly. But what I realised on this shoot was, one, these models had never modelled before, so they're very new to it. And my dance background where I've been performing and know how to hold myself on a stage and for a camera and everything all my life, I was able to then encourage these, this girl in particular, um, how to pose and was just being a bit of a goofball to help make her feel more comfortable, mm. which then created these really natural images of these girls wearing these outfits. And I I realised as I came out of that, that that was exactly the environment I wanted to be in. I didn't have to particularly be taking the photos, but I wanted to be able to encourage people in how to hold themselves in front of a camera to be comfortable and confident. And also those photos had a purpose. They were selling clothes. So for me, it made more made sense to take the photos and for those photos to happen, you know. Mm. So I really enjoyed it. And I came out of it and was like, I want to do this as a living, even if it's not taking photos for the long term, but build up a name and uh, brand. And then at some point, just kind of manage photos. We don't know yet. We're, we're still in that phase of taking the photos and building the brand. So <laughs> um, yeah, sure. don't know where it will go. But that was the idea starting off. Amazing. And that's, and I was going to say that's a wonderful segue into, you know, you beginning your own business or beginning the beginning to run your own business which is obviously something yeah. which which the majority of people are aware of in terms of something that you can do but you know when you were when you first started out you know did you have uh, a specific approach as to how you were going to manage your business as to what your business was actually doing or was it kind of you just started one day and then you were gradually figuring it out with each single day I actually started doing family photography when I first started my business, I thought, I want to create affordable photography for families, um, but create an experience for them rather than just a studio backdrop with studio lights and that those really posed images. I wanted to create a space for natural family photos, so being out in a park and having a picnic set up and just them interacting with each other. But then I did that for probably six months and just I couldn't charge enough. I didn't feel like I could charge much for it. And just it wasn't really worth my time and couldn't find people who were really interested in what I had to offer. So um, I started off with making a website and building my portfolio, which means doing a lot of free shoots so that I had images to show people as to what I do and what I can do, which is normally they would be printed and you take them to a client or 
your business to show your work so yeah so I created portfolios so that was going on for six to eight months and then I went back to South Africa for a wedding a cousin's wedding in the December of 2019 and a friend from university had just started her own business in the same she's moved back to South Africa so she started a creative marketing company uh, with another girl and they wanted some Instagram photos photos that didn't include their faces but were of their hands of them working and of them at a coffee shop with um, coffee and their phones and to kind of show off what they do and the behind the business kind of photos and they asked me to do them two days before Christmas <laughs> uh, and on that shoot I realized that that was exactly the path I wanted to take because it allowed me to get those photos that were of people, of the details, which I love the details as well, photographing those up-close moments and creating images with purpose. And also businesses, they're more likely to hire you more regularly, which was a more stable Mm. way to earn money and then just families and the reason I didn't go into weddings, I think I should clarify this as well. Was mm, yeah, because obviously wedding photography, I think, is is one of the main ways that if someone was like, "Oh, I'm quite good at photography. Oh, I could probably make some money yeah. doing wedding photography," but you know, what, I was going to say, what was your what were your reasonings not for going into that? So, in all fairness, I love a wedding and I love the planning of a wedding, <laughs> but the pressure of a wedding of doing the photos was for where I was at at that point was just too much I wasn't Mm. confident in my own ability especially as you can't organize to redo it you can't be like oh sorry I didn't get this I didn't get that first look (laughs) like the stress of that was just too much Mm. I just decided not to do it as especially as it's very oversaturated in the photography business most people do weddings or family shoots so I thought I'd go something go down the path less traveled you know definitely and and if anything it's it seems it seems like a very sensible one and and you know definitely mm. not because because while it was something you you were specifically inspired by because of a situation you were in um the way that you sort of combined your own understanding because of because of the work you had done in terms of understanding what it is that you want to do and what your style is and then combining that with a good understanding of the market how can i have a business that actually works how can i ensure that i am able to earn enough to actually have a business you know and and try and and try and build that more and more and I, i think i think that's a very you know obviously a very sensible and rational way to to start your own business Mm -hmm. but obviously you know when you're first starting out it can be obviously really tricky what what were some of the the main difference or the main difficulties sorry that you that you faced or maybe still face now as you're as you're running your business when I first started I didn't know where to look for clients I didn't really know what I was trying to sell and the confidence just wasn't there. So I always felt like I needed to be perfect. And so I would just keep working on things in my own time, but not actually reaching out to anyone to actually get work. So it was a bit of a (laughs) catch 22 hours in where I was like, I need this to be perfect to be able to go out and get work, but I can't make like get money if I don't go out and get work for this to be better, you know? I mean, in all honesty, I did debate also having a part-time job on the side, but then it would cut into the flexibility of when clients would need me. And I was blessed enough that I didn't 
was living at home I'm living at home I haven't like didn't need to pay rent at that time I was I just kind of had that bit of a that opportunity my parents very much supported me in this decision they wanted to help me get my feet off the ground and so I pushed harder and came Come 2020, I decided to go to some networking groups. Okay. Um, if you don't know what networking is, networking is when business owners come together for a couple of hours, whether it's breakfast or um, lunch or just at some point in the morning. And they come together to pitch their business. So you tend to have about 60 seconds to talk about your business. It's called an elevator pitch. So if, imagine if you're in an elevator, you have 60 seconds to tell your idea. So what would you say, and why would you say that, and what's uh, to, to put you to put you on the spot? Can I can I hear an elevator pitch? I'm I'm in, I'm intrigued. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Han, I'm gonna time. I'm gonna time you. I'm gonna time you. Oh gosh. Mine would start with Hi, I'm Megan Claire of Megan Claire Photography. I'm a personal branding photographer. This includes uh, headshots portrait photos and product photography lifestyle photos or everything above and this would help your business because blah 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 um, and then you'd also say I'm looking for referrals to people in this industry say mortgage brokers or financial advisors or creatives and um, to be in, put in contact with them so that I can help their business grow I'm Megan Clare of Megan Clare Photography, here to help you visually stand out for your ideal clients or something like that. Oh, Megan, <laughs> I mean, you still had, you had 15 seconds. You were, you were absolutely chilling. Um, no, that's great. Okay, so so what is it, why, why is it that you think the people running that networking group get everyone to, you know, to, to start with this elevator pitch? The whole point of a networking group is to use that, those people and use their connections. Mm. So you're never selling to the room you're always selling through the room mm, um, okay. you're selling to the people that they know one example of people of referrals that people would ask for in one of my networking groups that I go to now they'd be like say I wanted to talk to Richard Branson for some reason I wanted to be put in touch with him take his photo and I'd be like so I'm looking for referrals to Richard Branson if you know anyone that could put me in touch with him whether it's his PR person his PA or whatever please do put me in touch and then someone would be like oh I know this person and I know this person that knows this person because you never know who other people know and so and everyone in those networking groups are so willing to help everyone else right, okay. because the more you are helpful to other people the more that they're willing to help you hmm. So yeah, so networking has absolutely changed the way my business runs and um, gave my business like purpose as to finding clients. It just gave me an avenue of people who actually wanted to hire me. Mm. And it wasn't until this year, 2021, that I actually committed to networking groups because you have to pay a fee, commit to it. So I go to one that's every month and then one that's every single week for two hours every week. Is it is it quite is it quite reasonable? You know, if someone was trying to start their own business, you know, how how achievable is it that someone who has just started out can afford to go to a networking group? There are free ones. There are free ones that you could get involved with a networking networking group whether you go on walks with people in your local area and meet ah, okay. and meet them and just go for a walk but you also chat business and get to know each other mm. 
So there are free ones around. I didn't know about these free ones. I only knew about the <laughs> paying, paying ones. But I think it's worth it. I think you've got to find the right group for you. So I found a new group for one of my networking groups called BNI. It's this big international one that there's BNI networking groups all over the world. Mm. And I joined a new one that just started as I joined. So everyone, no one had ever been in this networking system before so everyone was new everyone's learning and so and we all get on and the funny thing is half of us are south african oh what just by by chance or yeah it's just south africans referring south africans and that's just the culture we just always trying to help each other and so we're just inviting them to our group the poor english people (laughs) I mean, it all it all ties back to this whole, you know, idea of, of community being such a massive yeah. part of South African culture. Makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, yeah, so I do that every week, and that's made a massive difference. One because working for yourself and by yourself is lonely, especially mm. as a creative, where I'm a verbal processor, so yeah. I need to bounce off people to get inspired to get motivated to be like get that energy to just do something so having this weekly meeting where I can chat business with people um who are like-minded or most of them run their own business some of them are creative and also get on with them on a personal side as well Mm. helps to give you that sense of community while being an entrepreneur and small business owner you know has the that vibe of Oh, we work in an office, but we don't work in an office. <laughs> so I think it's it's so worth it. If you're thinking of starting your own business, really find a networking group and commit to it. And they will help you with every single side of your business. And yeah, that everyone's so willing to help. Outstanding. No, I, I mean, it, it sounds like a really worthwhile thing to do for people who yeah. are starting out trying to... Um to meet new people uh okay so sort of you know coming towards the end of our chat you know what is um what's what's in the pipeline like do you do you have a a five-year plan uh do you have do you how how do you do goal setting you know when you're running your own business i i should do goal setting (laughs) Mm. it's it's a tough one when you don't you're kind of living each day as it comes so for me I don't really know what kind of business is coming I know what kind of business I potentially want and so I'm working towards that and I know my financial goals that I want to achieve each month Mm. but I think the dream I don't know whether it's five years ten years two years who knows would be to have a creative office space that was part studio part coffee shop situation whether it's near a coffee shop or just like a nice space for creative other creative people who own their own businesses are able to come and use the space and we could just work together create together collaborate together as well as just bounce ideas off each other um, and just have people to work in a space together and whether we combine our work and offer us a service from different industries say a graphic designer a photographer um, a videographer you know, we all come together and provide a service for a client. Mm. We, I don't know whether it's also a copywriter, you know, all the things that will help businesses promote their brand through their visuals. Yeah, don't maybe go down that route. I mean, that sounds that sounds pretty dreamy. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I want to spend time at that at that you know <laughs> creative workspace slash coffee shop. 
Wow. Yeah, I have the visuals of what it will look like as well. Very Scandinavian vibes, I think. I have it all pictured out. I know exactly what I want. It's just mm. where and <laughs> when. Where, where and when and um, With what money how is it being and... financed. And, yeah, but these are these are details, you know, that's fine. They'll, they'll sort exactly. themselves out, you know. Exactly. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the dream. Amazing. Okay, so... Um... So to sort of close it out, Megan, what would you recommend to someone who is? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit with two, two closing questions. Okay, first, first question. Someone's interested in photography. Yeah. How do you, how do you tangibly make a career in photography? Um. Or at least, where do you start? In all honesty, okay, yes, two things: practice. Get your camera. Take it everywhere with you. Practice. Learn. Join courses. Just keep learning. I am still on photography courses, learning. I'm even learning, doing a wedding photography course just to practice and learn something different and a different perspective because photography is forever changing with all the digital advancements. You mm. have to keep learning and creating a different style. Keep doing that. Whether you've got an office job but you want to pursue photography on the side, just keep practicing because that will make a massive difference. And that's what I did over lockdown especially is I just took loads of photos even though we weren't doing anything just mm. to keep my skills sharp and practice new things, trial new things, you know. Um, and the other thing I would say is if you want to get into the industry, it's all about who you know, just to be straight with it. Mm. So... I would recommend finding photographers who you could assist because once you get to know a photographer and the people around you, you get to know creative stylists and all the different industries that go with a photography set. And once you build up those connections, then when you are ready, you can then go and start your own business. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend the way that I've done it. I think it's very hard and lonely and it's, taken a lot of hours to get here which i mean it will take hours for you as well but i think there are other yeah, set, set, set your expectations it's still regardless it's gonna yeah. be hard yeah yeah <laughs> um, anything you do that's worthwhile is hard so but we can do hard things mm. that's the that's the point but um yeah no go i would recommend going to meet people in the industry learn from them I still assist other photographers to learn different styles, different techniques, and just chatting with other photographers. I think there's this whole thing about competition between photographers, but actually everyone is different. We're artists, like a painter. You wouldn't choose one just because they're a painter. You choose them for their style, you know? Mm -hmm. So photographers are the same. They've each got a style and you've choose them for their personality and their style. No matter what your skill is at, just making sure that you are bringing you out in it all and just keep learning and yeah be yourself really because that's what people are hiring your skill and yourself mm. when it comes down to it absolutely i mean especially and especially as well in 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 your specific type of uh, photography 100%. where you've spoken about how you need to try and bring out the authenticity of other people and there's no way that you can do that if you're not being authentic yeah. yourself okay so so final question before we'll give you an opportunity to do some <laughs> um what is one piece of advice you wish you had been told before starting your own business oh it's a doozy and you have and you have kind of answered this in the last question but i want to see if anything else pops up i think it would be two things so assisting other photographers mm -hmm. 
three things practicing <laughs> just like i said well what, what what about what about you know not sorry not 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 specifically within photography if someone was just trying to set up their own business you know in anything okay. what's what are some sort of general principles that you've learned that you think could be applied or at least something you wish you knew that it will take a lot of energy and self-motivation and you will get blowback from people around you and it might surprise you who mm. but to just keep going if that's what you want to do and just being confident in yourself and knowing your worth in it um, and your passion for it and why know your why really um, know why you're doing what you're doing because that's what will drive you and keep you going and surround yourself with people who will encourage you and push you and that you can encourage and push as well. So that's what I did. I found people who would challenge me, ask, would have conversations that would be quite challenging, but in a good way, make me think in different ways because they come from different perspectives, different gender. So talking to guys, but in different industries. So one's the PT and then um, you, Joel, <laughs> <laughs> as well. Um and then also different ages. So I talked to people who were older than me who'd been in business for a long time. So yeah, just talk to people, but also be strong in what you want to do and what you believe you want to do and why you want to do it. Does that Absolutely. answer the question? I, I think that answered the question fantastically. And moving from why to where, where can people see your work, Megan? Where can people find you? At meganclare.co.uk that that is my website as well as my social media on instagram and facebook however <laughs> the spelling <laughs> um you will find that there are quite a few megan claire photographers um i am the one in hampshire with an h and all the vowels in the claire um that you could all, possibly spell. all of all of the vowels <laughs> every yes. single vowel yeah exactly yeah, that's, and that's not true don't don't put in every vowel no, you won't no. find the right person that <laughs> Just, i shouldn't have you'll said get that. <laughs> a i and a i and e <laughs> okay so, you're, so, so to, to recap you are looking for meg han clayar yeah essentially .co.uk .co.uk um, and on instagram i am .co.uk as well meganclair.co.uk and it'll come up as personal branding photographer Amazing. And that is me. And that you is you, Megan. Pictures of me. <laughs> Phenomenal. Right. Thank you so much for being on, Megan. Um, no worries. And, um, Thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. Thank you as well to Daniel Shirks for providing cover art and music. You can find him on Instagram at the mildest blackberry or on SoundCloud at Prince Pear and his Kiwi Men. If you have any suggestions for guests or any particular careers that you are interested in learning about, then you can find me on Instagram at Joel Does Creative Things. Finally, if you have time, then please rate and review this podcast as it will help out tremendously as we're getting started. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.